0: I know. I, every single time I, I hear like my, my voice in the beginning of each podcast, it's like kind of like trippy. Like, I'm, I'm slightly honored, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my voice for every episode. Right, do you have a name for this podcast yet? Do you have any ideas for a name?
1: Yeah. How about uh, David's Harp? <laughs> David's Harp. And let's go. I I like the fact that you are excited for the podcast and you have done so much preparation. <laughs> okay. I tried.
0: I tried. <laughs> uh,
1: while I have had such a long day and such a long week that my brain is like it, it's just too f- fussed, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm I but I objectively am a committed podcaster, so uh, you know. So thank you so much for doing my job for me.
0: <laughs> I, I, I figured, I mean, you sounded like you were really busy today. So I thought I would just oh, step yeah. in and try to help.
1: This has been, I think I haven't been this busy this year, you know, because I'm trying to figure out new things uh, that work requires. And at the same time, just, I'm just thinking, you know, just keep up with everything that I want to do and I do, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Jocelyn, for the second time. Thank you thank you. Yeah, you are the first person ever to be on the podcast and the first person coming for a repeat session.
0: I know, I every single time I, I hear like my my voice in the beginning of each podcast it's like kind of like trippy. Like I'm I'm slightly honored but I'm like oh my gosh, it's my voice for every episode.
1: I know, you know, that's it's it's so interesting because I wanted to keep that as like an easter egg kind of thing. Hope is like over a period I will include different people's voices and but then yours will always I feel like would be the first one. You know, nice, so nice. it's like, we'll we'll build out that intro track a little bit more and add some more people in.
0: That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's, it's, it's also sort of like, um, it's, it, it's also like honoring you for, for saying yes to, uh, for coming, <laughs> for coming to the podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: It takes courage. Definitely to yeah. speak your mind. I think what I've realized over the, over the six episodes that I've done is that, you know, not everybody wants to do this if we need to ask somebody hey would you want to come they they don't want to well they can talk to you uh like personally but they don't want to share the same opinion sometimes publicly you know
0: yeah definitely uh, i mean i definitely came across some of that even when i was preparing for this one i was i was like yeah. concerned like okay should i include this in what i'm gonna say should i include this in my thoughts like i say this <laughs> in my house but should i say it like you know to like so many people outside of like you know, anybody who doesn't understand the context of what I'm saying, you know, like yeah. I was just like, I definitely, I, I understand it when, when people, you know, think those things and are afraid to speak out.
1: Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's fine because, you know, there are different people, they're of different um, identity. They have different philosophies. Not everybody's a Christian. Like, for example, you know, I reached a point where I want to do something else. So I recorded this video, uh, like happy times with David South, sort of like a, a parody on yeah. Uh, like, very simply, like I, I got inspired by um, John Krasinski's Some Good News that he does. And uh, I just wanted to see if we can do like a clear, nice version of it. So that was how it started. And then I spoke about that Pope Francis thing. Yeah. Uh, the Scotch um, story that broke national. And uh, there was a friend of mine who is, a, who is not a Christian. He's like, you know what? I agree with the Pope on this one. It is the real holy water,
0: so, oh my gosh
1: <laughs> so uh, well, at least you know, I like the fact that there are different uh, there's not, not just one stereotype of people who are following this this content, you know they like doing different things and yeah, they, they follow that, yeah, anyway, so that's how it is, and let's let's get into today's podcast, and uh, particularly, you know, I think we were talking about how to plan this podcast, and then you particularly sh- shared about. Uh, an article that you read right mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, so uh for work this week, um well, it's part of what I do uh, regularly, but I had to do some research on a um, particular individual um and so this uh, person that I was researching um, was a professor um, at the university that I work at, and um her name is dr louise Cohen yeah and um and she was known to be one of the most amazing intellectuals of her time, especially in the Dallas area. Um, she did a lot for the Dallas community as well as especially our university. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I, w- I I happened to find this article on her that somebody had um published on her uh years ago. Um the first time it was released was in a magazine back in the 1970s, but then they they digit they digitized it. Um, and that's what I found. Um for my research. And, um, I guess I I was kind of going through all of her information, trying to find some, uh, some details that might help me figure out how to write a biography, a short little bio on her, um, which is part of what I have to do. And, you know, I I was reading through was super captivating, especially being an alumni of the university, you know, it's super captivating to hear about somebody who had such a strong impact on a place that, you know, you came from, um, or, or you attribute a lot to who you are now. Um, and so anyway, I, I got to a certain point in the article and um, it, the author of the article is the writer of the article is talking about um, this this day when she went to visit this professor um, during one of her classes. And I thought it was so I don't know, something about it really captivated me. And and, and right. I, I kept on reading with like such attention and vigor. I was super <laughs> excited to read it. Um, and then, no, I know I sent that. Uh, passage. I wasn't sure how much you were able to read it
1: um, no, I read the whole thing i I felt like it was very interesting just from I kind of guarded that this was like a meta article that this person was probably present during this conversation. I kind of wrote this down after that
0: yeah, 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 yeah. so I think uh she was doing a piece on this professor at the time, and so she, just to get a little bit of like a taste into um who she was as a professor, she sat in on one of her classes right
1: um do you know when? Uh we written this article like twenty, thirty years ago?
0: Um it was written in nineteen seventy-nine.
1: Oh damn. So that's yeah. what Yeah. That's what. So thirty, not even thirty, probably forty years ago. Fifty eighty, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, forty Something, years yeah. ago.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm, it's <laughs> yeah, I know. And and it's still like the, the relevance of what was written oh, yeah. forty years ago is I mean, it's amazing how it applies to 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 what's going on today. Um 30. And and you know as you read in the article and and to give everybody who's listening a bit of um, backstory to what's happening um, in this particular part of the article. Um the writer talks about how she walked into this classroom and there were so many students there. There was, there was some talking and chatting and um, and, and she walked into this to the scene and she noticed um, Dr. Cohen walk in and she, she interacted with the students and she began her class yeah. um, and, and their class that day was focusing on the story um, called Madame Bovary. And I'm not sure how many people are familiar with the story, um, but it's a, it's a French novel that was, um, written a while ago, I'm not sure the exact date and time and who the who the author was, but right. um, but those people who are familiar with you know period pieces, period dramas would be probably familiar with the title. Right. Um, so just a basic background of the story is that the, the it revolves around a woman named Emma or Madame Bovary. Um, and she, she has this, this romanticized ideology of what her life should be. And she constantly works towards um, trying to live this perfect romanticized life. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to marry the perfect man and have the perfect romance with them. She wants the perfect family and life without suffering and pain. And she just wants everything to be perfect. And, and she, she kind of, you know, get, it creates illusions for herself. You know, in, in her life, right. and um, and so this is where um, Dr. Cohen is talking about the story. And there was a particular scene that she draws her students to, and it was a scene where Madame Bovary or Emma um, was riding in her carriage um, back from uh, you know back home, and and in this time, uh, you know, she she sees the beggar, right? Emma sees the beggar, and and the description of the beggar is that, you know, he's, he's very torn down and he's, he's ugly and he has tattered clothes. He has open sores. I mean, it's just a, it's an, it's an ungodly sight, so to speak. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, the writer really gives a, a super in-depth description of what this beggar looks like. And um, Dr. Cohen is talking to her class and saying, well, what does this beggar mean in the story? You know, why does the author decide to bring... This beggar into the story right at this moment in Emma's life, yeah. And you know, a bunch of the students say, "Well, he represents sin. He represents <laughs> death. He represents evil. He represents all these bad things." Typical and- of a
1: U.D. Um, student, I believe, forty <laughs> years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, we haven't changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so so they're they're giving all these answers that that were all around this this disgusting, ugly image of a, of a man who has nothing, yeah. and and. Then Dr. Cohen stops and she she pauses and she, she asks the class, well, well, are you, are you looking at this man, at this beggar through Emma's eyes? Well, who is he? And, and at first the class doesn't say anything. And then she asks again, well, who is he in and of himself? Right. And well and eventually, you know, some people, you know, call out, well, he's a blind beggar. That's that's what he is. He's a blind beggar. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Well, you're getting at something there. That's exactly what it is. He's blind and he's a beggar. He's suffering, right? right? And and through Emma's eyes, through Madame Bovary's eyes, the character in the story, all she sees is the ugly and the and the and the disgusting and the open sores and the, and the blood and the gore, like that's all she sees because that's what she chooses to see. Right. She, she takes this man who is suffering and creates this, this illusion of this, dirty disgusting thing that she doesn't want to have anything to do with right she doesn't see his pain she doesn't see his suffering she sees the evil that he is or the or the the sin that he represents or or whatever it is in her mind right she she creates this illusion or this disillusionment of what of what he is yeah and and as i was reading this so so when i was reading this to do research i was i was thinking about it and i was like wow like she represents a lot of what I've been reading about recently right. um, because, you know, we have this idea that, you know, if something doesn't have anything to do with us, if, mm-hmm. if it doesn't involve us, if people related, if it doesn't have anything to do with people related to us, then it doesn't concern us, right? Yeah. And I think like that's like the, the
1: current, current state of affairs, right, in some situations, right, because yeah, of the COVID, COVID situation also, we kind of just thinking about ourselves a little bit apathetic. A little bit mm-hmm. of ind- indifference you know when I was I could correlate uh, the same thoughts that you were saying and you sent some notes uh, so that that kind of also helped me kind of correlate maybe she was apathetic indifferent I was just trying to think was she dreaming of this or that's do, do you have some context around that
0: so um I haven't read the book or anything and I think mm-hmm. they even released a movie on it but I haven't seen it um mm-hmm. but from the little that I read the back the backstory that I read. Um, I mean, I don't want to ruin the story for anybody who does want to read it, yeah. um, but it, it does seem like he, this beggar, this image of the beggar plays a very, um, you know important role in in Emma's story so mm-hmm. it, it, i think it also leaves it up to the reader's imagination to figure out whether or not the the beggar is a fig, figment of her imagination or if it is a real character you know it, it or maybe it's just there as an allegory as there for the for the yeah. reader to understand the situation and see what Emma's thinking you know
1: we started off talking about was dreams right what kind of dreams do you get
0: <laughs> you know it's funny you say that because actually i I was just telling um, my sister today that or not today a couple days ago um that I don't dream anymore, which like sounds weird, but I don't have dreams anymore at least in the past couple of weeks like I guess my life hasn't been like you know, eventful enough for me to have dreams. Because usually when I dream, it's because I'm like tense about something or stressed Mm. or like I'm really excited for something to happen or, you know, some sort of like crazy emotion that I like fall asleep with. And then I dream about like some situation that involves that same emotion. And but like, you know, since it's day in and day out, the same thing for me here, I feel like I don't dream because of that. I'm just, you know, waking up, going like doing work and then, you know, eating, sleeping, doing it all over again.
1: You, you don't what kind of dreams you used to get like was it was it like bad dreams like you would like wake up in the night saying oh crap
0: like <laughs> i i rarely had bad dreams i mean thank god for that but like it was also because um i i just kind of fell into this practice of i mean like growing up um i fell into this practice of um drawing crosses all around my pillow so i would never really get bad dreams <laughs> um so the only time i would actually ever get bad dreams was if yeah. Um, like bad dreams mean like scary dreams I would only get it if I watched like something scary before I went to sleep I see. Um, or like but like if it was like something that like I was tense about or something that I was stressed about and then you know suddenly I might have a dream that night about um you know losing my job or like you know failing oh a test or like something like that <laughs> that would be like a bad dream to me I've you know? never
1: had dreams like that really <laughs> my most common dream is me falling from a building and I'm falling 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 I know I am in a dream okay I (laughs) I know that I'm falling and then I see this big wire and I catch hold of it and I swing and go down you know that's and I suddenly it's the most common I believe (laughs) I was telling somebody about this like I've had this dream so many times in my life you know Um, it just goes back to inception the movie you know yeah yeah. if you are not getting dreams you know we should probably hook you up with Dr. Strange and ask him to like go fix the nightmare (laughs) realm or something
0: (laughs) no I think I think I'm perfectly happy with (laughs) having dreams
1: yeah I mean I I like uh, like the whole uh, this whole idea of dreams I've thought about it like um, especially you know um, I used to when I was reading the old testament and uh, Joseph's dream right he used to get and he used to interpret yeah. That was one time I remembered. You know, uh, do these dreams have some meaning? You know. Yeah, I was so, thinking
0: the same thing when you just told me about your dream. I was like, does it mean something? You He's know, get so often.
1: <laughs> yeah, you and th- that is precisely the reason I was kind of kind of bringing that point up. You know, like I I do so much and analy- try to analyze so much of my dreams. You know, sometimes I wake up in the morning. I remember just partially what my I dreamed, and I would write it down because one or two hours later I just forget what happened. Like I oh, yeah, that's true. what happened, but I just don't remember and there have been occasions when I'm dreaming something and I would just wake up and I'm like oh I need to go back to sleep just to complete that dream you know
0: I know me too
1: <laughs> let me go back you know so yeah I mean that's why when um even when you were talking about this Madame Bovary uh, uh, situation you know and uh that whole article around that I was just thinking you know it's very interesting that she wants to have this perfect life right mm-hmm. and in this perfect life she's assuming the fact that she's trying to do different things. Uh, she's, I believe the context in which she sees the beggar is when she's going back to her husband from a lover's place in a carriage, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I was just trying to understand, you know, is her brain kind of bringing together um, this whole idea of what she has done and how bad it is. And it's kind of, you know, sometimes psychologically your brain kind of reveals to you that you kind of messed up. I was thinking if it's if that's what is happening in the story. You know? And of course I have to go back and read the book, but I was just thinking, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I overanalyzing we dreams
1: as always. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I thought yeah, I thought that was very interesting too, you know, the, the aspect of dreams and what they can tell us. So yeah, you're right. It it could be, it, the beggar scene could have very well have been her conscience telling her, you know, what she was doing or what the life she was living was was not what she, you know, perceived it to be.
1: Yeah, especially the fact that it was a blind beggar
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and this whole idea of blindness, you know, just not being able to see uh, clearly. I was just thinking if that's what it was like, the the author probably wrote the beggar down just to reveal to her that how blinded she is. And in reality, the kind of person she's trying to ignore, you know, uh, is exactly the person she is within like this yeah. ugly person and I know I was just thinking you know while you were talking about our current state of reality and everybody wants like a like a kind of life they they have they picture for themselves you know and it needs to be perfect mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent they want certain things in it and that determines how perfect it is and sometimes when it doesn't fit um, in the list that they want they're not happy about it and that leads to some some sort of a resentment to life or they don't like the fact that their life is not good but at the same time people who want to really shape their life around certain things and that's what she in the story is doing and it's very evident to how our life also is nowadays right
0: yeah definitely i mean the um, I think I told you earlier in, in what I sent to you. Um, the, the first image that kind of popped into my mind and, and I guess I, I would preface this by saying that I'm usually not the type of person to get political or to to yeah. take any sides per se. Um yeah. I mean generally that's just how I was. I I just, you know, would hold back from taking sides because I was I was always afraid of, you know, being attacked or being, you know. Oh, um, yeah you know whatever it was you know I, that was something you know we talked about um be, it takes courage right to speak up and to to to, to take a stance on something absolutely um, and for the longest time I think I was ignorant in a lot of ways you know because I, I chose not to take a side I chose I chose to be indifferent you know yeah. um because I didn't want to get involved I didn't want to be you know called out for something that I said or did um yeah. but um honestly I think <laughs> I had a realization that like you know if I if I don't that i'm just as bad as people who are taking you know a side that isn't just or isn't right you know like being indifferent doesn't make you any better right it makes you almost Absolutely, worse yeah. um so so i mean i will just preface by saying all of that usually i'm not a political person but um that was but you, you just say,
1: preparing for your next statement right
0: <laughs> uh, yes that's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah um but but i will say that's all leading up to the fact that um, reading this article and reading the story and and kind of making these parallels between um, you know the story of Madame Bovary and, and the notes taken by Dr. Cohn in her class, um, I made this parallel between that and and today's situation with with the the virus, right, with yeah. COVID-19. Um, and and recently I read an article and I saw a couple of videos and and snapshots of things that are happening. Um, regarding you know the whole stay at home order, um, particularly mm-hmm. in the u here in the u s and um, i've seen people protesting this and saying that you know it, it doesn't make sense to be staying at home right now there's nothing that serious you know the the media is blowing th- blowing everything up out of proportion yeah. um, it, it does, it's not just for us to stay at home it doesn't make sense. people are attacking medical care workers i mean it's just it's getting way out of hand and and yeah. initially, when I read it i, I I almost couldn't believe it because I was like, This is this is ridiculous. Like there's no way that that you know, human beings could be saying that that us staying home for our own safety is suddenly a bad thing, or it doesn't make sense to do it. I don't know, and it, it really struck a chord with me when I read this article because I'm like, that's exactly what's happening. Where you know, today with this whole situation, the stay-at-home order retaliations, it's it's that people are are not wanting to see the actual pain and suffering in the world. At least that's the way that kind of I that I interpret.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point of view, you know, because like this situation covid is basically blocking them from having that perfect life that they want you know mm-hmm. and um, i mean it's and they want to go back to that reality and uh, and the, i think the thought process is that this is the this is the block you know this is the reason why this is not happening i mean i one of the things like just a parallel to this is like you were talking about a video i was looking at one video there was there was this guy at, on i think spring break party in miami and this is an article by Economist, and they had this video linked to it. And this guy is like, I don't care if I get corona, <laughs>
0: you know. Oh my gosh! Like he's
1: like, I don't care if I get corona, you know. I'm gonna party, you know. And yeah. I'm like, dude, do you even know that? You know, it's okay. You may get corona. The problem is that you're not getting you. You got corona. That's not the only issue. The issue is you will go and spread it out to 50 people. And just the lack of um. Awareness around that itself and the lack of awareness on the intellect around it that itself is such a big issue for me, for me personally.
0: Mm-hmm. I forget
1: about bringing faith to it, it's just logic, you know, yeah, for sure. And uh, and where does your reason go? And that just shows that the new generation, and these are young people obviously that I saw in the video. I was just thinking, you know, if this is what the if this is the kind of mentality or this is a thought process we are going to have around, um. You know these kind of situations, then we are up for a big battle uh on you know what's gonna be right and wrong in the future, like we will not be able to distinguish that,
0: oh yeah, I mean we're already hitting that sort of a point in in history, you know, just yeah. not being able to argue with reason anymore is yeah. something that we're we're facing regularly now.
1: I personally don't want to go to that political point of view i uh, yeah, I agree <laughs> yeah I, you know, but then uh It's just sad, you know, that we've reached a point where we cannot see that this can happen to us. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's still people still feel, oh, this is not going to happen to me ever. Like, yeah. Say so they don't correlate suffering with like, oh, suffering is for other people. I cannot go through it.
0: Yeah. And you're right. It's definitely a really sad situation where, um, there is this disillusionment of, of what's actually happening. You know, people like you were saying, it's it's that if it's not happening to me, it's, it, it doesn't have anything to do with me, you know, and, and yeah. it's, it's a sad thing that's happening. And, and, um, you know, I, I feel for all the people in the medical profession right now. I, I understand that it's it's hard. And I mean, I can't begin to to comprehend how how much pain and suffering these people are going through. You know, those people who are actually affected directly by the virus, um, those people yeah. who are taking care of them, um, people, in uh, you know, working in these essential businesses who have to be out there every day. I mean, I, I will not ever state to, to begin to understand what they're going through, um, but you know, at, at the, I mean, there is no but. But I will say that at the same time, um, I do want to I do want to draw into the fact that you know, even with this whole reality of pain and, and having to be more aware of of the fact that there is pain and suffering, we we are we're all. I mean, I would like to say we all are um, aware of there being pain and suffering in the world, um, and most of us agree on the fact that you know this this virus has been causing a lot of pain and suffering. Yeah. Um, I will. I will draw. I would like to draw attention to the fact that there is a lot of hope that we're seeing right through through yeah, this whole situation. Yeah, totally. There's been some amazing things that have been happening. Um, you know, uh, as a as an outcome of of all of this. I mean, I. I don't like to to like name names or anything. I don't wanna I don't wanna draw any names into it. But like there have been some like amazing people who have taken to social media, who have taken to releasing um, virtual content, you know, online stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, just sharing like good things that are happening in the world, and and trying to trying to help people see the hope that is that is out there. You know, that even though there is pain and suffering, and it's it's a really painful time to be in. Um, yeah we we can't deny the fact that there's also a lot of goodness out there right now too. Yeah, you know?
1: I mean, just look at the amount of people, uh, amount of work people have done around just coming out and just connecting with people, you know, yeah. over social media, just to, uh, there, there have been so many creative efforts, at least that's what comes to our mind most, because we are so driven, and we're so aware of what's happening in social media. And Yeah, absolutely. And just I was just thinking, you know, um, with everything that the church has come out to do, this has been an extremely difficult time for Catholics around the world, you know, not just Catholics, even Christians, you know, Uh, and I'm not saying that Catholics just had this problem. I mean, I'm just talking in the context that we we have a very special time uh, of Lent that we had. And uh, that's the time when we're basically the most, I would say most in connection or intertwined with the church and what's going on, right? Uh, With preparing for Lent and then Easter. Church took such a big step by avoiding that, by not bringing people together in the church. And then I'm thinking there is this group of people who have spring break party and they're like, I'm going to party till I can drop and I don't care if I get Corona. I'm like, where does your logic go, you know? But yeah, I mean, this again goes back to this whole article, you know, that we were talking about, just this indifference and this lack of compassion for those who are struggling. I think the article ends with this whole idea where she writes compassion. That's the mm-hmm. word you need, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's that, it's a lack of compassion that kind of draws, uh, drives a lot of people to, to say and do the things that they are, you know, especially today where, um, you know, I, I, yeah. Going back to that article, you know, we talk about there being this, this evil, this death, this pain, this suffering and, and all these things and, and, you know, us being ignorant of it, us not wanting to, to face the reality of it all. But, you know, at the end of the day, Yes, it might be because you're ignorant. It might be because, um, you know, wh- whatever your your situation is, it's it, ultimately it's from a lack of of compassion, right? When you have compassion for another person, you love them, you 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 care for the well-being of that other person. You you know all, all these different things, and I think pe- people nowadays, it's just, I mean, I I I don't want to say that you know in in the last decade or in the last century or so it's been really bad i mean all throughout history we've been seeing you know repeated patterns of of this lack of compassion yeah oh yeah Yeah. definitely so i mean Uh, again i think that's also another sad reality lack of compassion but again i mean i i I don't i also don't want to like End this whole thing on a bad note either. So I I will say that even even while there is a an immense lack of compassion, there's also an incredible amount of compassion and and goodness that has been shown. You know, in, in in balance to to all of that other stuff that's been happening, all the negativity. Um, I mean, and you were saying the church has been doing amazing things, especially following Lent. Um, I mean, I was reading an article recently, um, which talked about how um, people's devotion to various prayers and novenas and, and um, saints have been on the rise. It's been, you know, increasing by, by the day, you know, Um, I, I heard in Italy, there have been, you know, so many people just drawn to, um, you know, various uh, devotions, and and it's it's been really beautiful to read about it. And um, on, I remember we talked about in the first podcast that I was on, the first episode that I was on, um, we talked about you know spiritual life and and trying to figure um, prayer life out and things like that. And, and yeah. um, reading about all the stuff that's been happening with with people in the church and other Christians, I mean, um, they really are being drawn to prayer, right? And and yeah. that really like woke me up to the fact that you know what we can't get through any of this without prayer we can't we can't get through any of it without without christ right yeah and 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 that's what hit me like i'm very comfortable here in my house i'm an introvert i love staying at home i don't (laughs) care if i don't go out i mean i'm going a little crazy here right now because it's been like over a month at home with my family only and nobody else um but I mean, at the same time, like I'm relatively comfortable, so to speak, you know, like nothing's yeah. happened to me or my family. I mean, I mean, we're, we're living a pretty decent life, all things considered, you know, and mm-hmm. and and, you know, I you know, what am I doing to be thankful for that? You know, I, I my prayer life has not like, you know, increased or improved or, you know, I haven't been doing anything to be thankful for this for this fact, you know, like I yeah. every day I be thanking, you know, God for the fact that I'm, I'm alive, that I'm I'm healthy um, right. and, and, you know, things like that. So it, it just kind of reminded me of the fact that, you know, we can't, we can't get through any of this without prayer. We can't get through any of this with any of this without, you know, having some sort of spiritual, you know, army behind us. You oh, know, yeah. It's not possible.
1: Absolutely. I mean, even, even for me personally, I I think one thing is that you ha- just have, you have the time now, right? So you're saving exactly. at least an hour or more, uh, that you would spend on traveling, and then there used to be this great excuse that I used to have. Oh, I'm going to pray while I'm in the in, in the car driving. Well, yeah. <laughs> now you don't have to say that. You can say, oh, I'm in my room. I have enough time to grab a coffee, uh, sit with my Bible, do my personal prayer. You know, yeah. once you do the personal prayer, you can do some of your workouts that you've been planning for such a long time and putting that on hold. <laughs> so there is time available. So I think, um, and I've, I've spoken to so many people about this and just, just, I think everybody's coming to this reality that even when you're sitting at home and working from home, it, the only way you're able to pray is if you have discipline around it, you know? Oh, yeah. Like if you acknowledge that, you know, I have to wake up and do this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. otherwise, this I just realize it doesn't make any difference if you're working from home all the time or you're in quarantine or if you're going to work, you know, just the decision that you take, right? That mm-hmm. you have to spend time with God and bring yourself to that awareness, That's what, that's what is absolutely the most important thing, Uh, you know, just to grow I've And I've been trying myself. Uh, I think Mabel and I, we started doing some different different things with respect to how we want to lay lay out a calendar. My favorite thing of the day is actually going out with baby for a walk nowadays. So we, (laughs) uh, we started doing that this week. And I just realized that this is the most fun thing that I have done as a father since she was born.
0: Like just to go, just
1: to see her walk and, and just to see those interactions that she's having. She has a tree, she knows, and she feels he's a, it's a friend or something. So every time she, oh. she's like, friend, oh. <laughs> some, some weird type of, uh, you know, uh, correlation there, you know. And I was just thinking this week was, you know, um, I think World Earth Day or something, you know.
0: Uh-huh. It was Earth Day, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Katie kind of uh was all over the place hugging the tree and stuff you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah I mean I feel like for me personally just to prayer and just getting that quality time with family has been has been absolutely good you know I, I hope so that many of our many other people are also like using this time to you know catch up on things that they could have done before you know
0: yeah I agree uh,
1: so yeah I see that you guys are cooking some Chinese food on Instagram <laughs>
0: We 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 try our best to to make the hours pass but like not not in a way that we're just wasting time but in a way that we're kind of doing things together and still laughing yeah. and enjoying. I mean we're we're playing like card games and board games almost every night here. So like we're trying to like, you know, do as much as we can.
1: Yeah. I mean that's good, you know. Um that's that's the way it has to be. Otherwise you will become so bored and you will feel so directionless and you will need to probably call uh you know some of my guests who came and talked about mental health probably <laughs> uh yeah so i think we we've reached the point where we felt like we're going to keep it we going to keep it simple right
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i thought it'd be nice to to also um i mean before we close and everything, I thought it'd be nice to maybe offer up a prayer for um, all the people affected by COVID and, and all the, you know, medical um, personnel who are taking care of these people and everyone who's directly affected by it. I mean, I think all of us know at, at this point, at least one person who has been affected by the virus directly. So I think it would be good um, for all of us just to kind of keep those people in prayer. And so the yeah. close in prayer here, I mean, I think that would be really great.
1: All right. So do you, do you want to make a small prayer then for all sure. these people? yeah definitely cool
0: all right in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen, amen. Matthew chapter eleven verse twenty eight come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Lord, we offer up to you all those affected by um, by this virus that um, whether they are physically being affected or if their loved ones are currently affected. Um, whether they're medical personnel, I just offer them all into your hands, Lord, that their suffering and their pain um, may, be, may be relieved, that they um, may be able to share that burden with you and see you as someone that they can um, they can run to in their weariness and in their in their burdened state. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come. come. Thy and will thy be will done be on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, this day our day daily bread. And forgive God. us our trespasses Jesus as we Jesus forgive for those who trespass against us, and, and lead us, in us not temptation. into temptation, but deliver amen. us from evil, amen. Amen, amen. and also the, the Holy Spirit, amen. Yeah,
1: <laughs> awesome. So, All thank right. you so much once again for coming. Uh, no, being, of course. well, I'm not going to count you as a guest to the show, I just feel like you are part of the show. We should do like a like two people interviewing a third person kind of deal you know we should figure that out
0: oh that'd be fun yeah, yeah.